Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Here in the United States, it's Hispanic Heritage Month, which officially began as Hispanic Heritage Week in 1968. Unlike many other campaigns that observe and honor the contributions of a particular group of Americans, Hispanic Heritage Month doesn't run throughout September, but rather starts on September 15th and continues through mid-October. So, why does it start in the middle of the month? Well, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua all celebrate their Independence Day on September 15th. Mexico's is on September 16th, Chile's is September 18th, and Belize Independence Day is September 21st. By stretching into October, the holiday also includes Dia de la Raza on October 12th, which is a kind of rejection of Columbus Day because of Christopher Columbus's many crimes against humanity. And see our episode on Columbus Day for more about that. Dia de la Raza instead celebrates the melding of Hispanic races, or raza, and cultures. In honor of Hispanic Heritage Month, let's talk about three times that Hispanic Americans have changed the course of U.S. history. Some 300 years after Spanish conquerors became the first non-Native Americans to view the Mississippi River and later the Grand Canyon, one Josef Marion Hernandez helped smooth the transfer of the territory of Florida into U.S. rule. Florida was still part of Spain when Hernandez was born in St. Augustine in 1784, but that changed when he was selected to serve in the House of Representatives and was sworn into duty in 1823 as the first Hispanic person to serve in Congress. In historical context, Hernandez, being a slave owner, is a controversial figure. Still, he remains the first of 128 Hispanic people to serve in the U.S. Congress. Maybe of more relevance today is the first Hispanic senator elected to a full term in Congress, New Mexico's Dennis Chavez, in 1935. We spoke with Paul Oritz, a historian at the University of Florida. He said, In addition to being the first American-born Hispanic senator, He's critical for the time we live in because he fought on behalf of all working class equally. He fought for higher wages legislation. He fought for people to have the right to organize a union. He fought for more progress in U.S. foreign policy for Latin America. He organized with NAACP leaders against Jim Crow segregation. Dennis Chavez is one of those people we can use Hispanic Heritage Month to talk about our connection to other people's democratic struggles. Today's Congress, the 116th, has 47 members of Hispanic heritage. Hispanic Americans also helped turn the tide of the Civil War. Some 20,000 were involved in the conflict. While some in the Southeast sided with the Confederacy, especially those who came from wealthy families with plantations or other businesses in Louisiana and Alabama, more supported the Union. Or it said, a lot of Mexican-American soldiers fought on the side of the Union Army in the Southwest, and actually helped defeat the Confederacy in the Southwest. Hispanic people in the West backed the Mexican government too, and celebrated the country's defeat of the French at the Battle of Puebla on May 5th of 1862, Cinco de Mayo, in a victory that may have helped prevent the French from siding with the Confederacy, and thus ultimately helping the Union win. A bit more modernly, about eight years before the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in Brown versus the Board of Education that segregation in public schools is unconstitutional, a Hispanic schoolgirl showed the way. Sylvia Mendez, of Puerto Rican and Mexican heritage, was just eight years old when she and her brothers were denied enrollment into the white-only Westminster School District in Orange County in 1943. 
At the time, about 80% of California school districts were segregated. Her parents, Gonzalo and Felicita Mendez, enlisted other parents to fight the decision, and they took the school board to court. After appeals that were abandoned short of the U.S. Supreme Court, Mendez versus Westminster became the first successful federal school desegregation case in the nation. That was in 1947. The case was important in arguing that segregation itself, even if schools were separate but equal, was harmful and unconstitutional under the 14th Amendment, specifically the clause that calls for equal protection of the laws for all citizens. In appeals, Sylvia's case was argued by Thurgood Marshall, who went on to argue for the plaintiff in the Brown versus Board of Education case too, and later would become a Supreme Court justice. Felicitas died in 1998, but Sylvia has continued to tell her family's story. In 2007, a U.S. postage stamp marked the 60th anniversary of the case. And on February 15th of 2011, then-President Barack Obama presented Sylvia with the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Today's episode was written by John Donovan and produced by Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of other historic topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Listener.